Matthew chapter 7. The next installment, we've been working on the Sermon on the Mount and the section we're in within the Sermon on the Mount, I I have entitled, How Should a Follower of Christ Act? And the next installment uh, to this is just one verse. But um, I want to say this, um, it is probably one of the most misunderstood passages uh, in Scripture. Um, and Jesus says something here that has been misquoted and taken out of context uh, millions and millions and millions of times, <clears throat> and it's just one verse. But before we get into the verse that we're going to be talking about tonight, I want to I want to kind of back up a little bit and, and talk about where Jesus has brought his listeners to from the very beginning. Jesus started off with the Beatitudes and and talked about how these were not just good ideas, but these are things that a a follower of Christ needs to be. That's why they're called Beatitudes. These are things that we need to be. And he goes through, we went through a whole list of things. Um, uh, Then he he dealt with real life issues that we face on a daily basis and how how we should react to those things. how to handle wealth, um, choosing the right master. Uh, <clears throat> then he turns to our behavior. And, and we talked about the, uh, the parable of the, uh, the beam and the moat, uh, how we are to basically clean up our own lives uh, so that we can then help other people. Um, we talked about the, the being a discerning uh, Christian, and then last week we was it last week was Fred, Pastor Umber here last week? Okay, so last week last week we we uh, concluded the section we were talking about being a dependent Christian, and tonight we're going to go one step further. Um, but much of what Jesus taught from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount to to now, a lot of what Jesus taught was for us to be discerning believers. How to to be discerning yet in the right way. And uh, tonight is really no different But understanding what Jesus has talked about from chapter 5 all the way till now is important in understanding the context of this one verse. Matthew chapter 7 in verse 12. Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the, the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. 
And Lord, as we look at this passage, it, 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 is, it is so important that we get a hold of this. And Lord, we ask that you would uh, guide and direct in our lives, that you would help us, and that you would guide us. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So who can tell me what this verse is called? The golden rule. Okay? Everybody knows the golden rule. I have, I have had people tell me, oh, the, the Bible says, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I said, no, that's not in the Bible. And I, I have, I have, I have had people argue with me, but it's not in the Bible. That's not what Jesus says here. Okay, we're going to talk about this because, uh, well, anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. My own mother argued with me about this. I said, "Mom, show me. It's not in the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you." <clears throat> That phrase is in the negative. Okay? That phrase actually comes from the teachings of Socrates, Aristotle, Confucius, Buddhists, and Judaism. But that's not what Jesus says. See, the, the, the problem here on the surface, it sounds very similar. But if you understand what Jesus is saying here, Jesus is not talking in the negative, he's talking in the positive. And what Socrates, Aristotle, Confucius, Buddha, and Judaism actually taught was, you know, if, if you don't want somebody to be mean to you, then don't be mean to them. That's, that's, what, that's what they're teaching. But that's not what Jesus says. Let's read what Jesus says. <clears throat> Verse 12, he says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do. That is, that is in the active, the active tense. So he's not saying, hey, if you want people to treat you right, then you have to treat them right. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying treat other people right, and they will treat you right. You see the difference? I know it's it's splitting hairs, but there's grammatically there's a huge difference here. The moral code that Jesus sets is not optional. The moral code that all these other people set is optional. See, we are supposed to treat people right no matter what. Is that is that not true? Okay, whether they return it or not. In fact, we're going to talk about that. But what Socrates and Confucius and Buddha and all the, what they were teaching is, is an optional moral code. And Jesus is teaching that this is not optional. This is, a, this is an action that we as believers should be living. And if we live this way, then people will then treat us right, hopefully. No, it's not guaranteed. Not at all. But it is a command to act this way. See, that is, that is as, I, as I did some reading, <clears throat> what, 
what is out there is this is called uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 is often referred to as the golden rule. What the others teach is called the silver rule. People don't know that. I, I came across that. I was like, well, that makes sense. Because the golden rule has to do with the heart of the individual and the lifestyle of the individual. This is an active lifestyle that we need to be a part of, thus making it the golden rule. The silver rule says, yeah, if you want people to treat you nice, then you treat them nice. See, that's, like I said, that's in the negative. So <clears throat> let's talk about why the golden rule. Point number, uh, letter A, why the golden rule? Because this is really super important. Why the golden rule? Why, why is this even an issue? Well, I want to give you a few reasons why I believe Jesus is teaching the golden rule. The first one is, Jesus knew the human heart and that the human heart is evil and selfish. Yes? Right. Yeah, it, it is. But you don't expect them to. Right. And, and again, we'll, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go down that, that rabbit hole here in a minute. But the, the reality is why, why, why? Why does Jesus even need to teach this? You would think that human nature would say just in itself that, you know, if I want people to treat me right, then I need to treat them right. Right, and it's because the, the, the heart is evil and selfish. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9, to, uh, 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In Mark chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. For, with, uh, <clears throat> for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, uh, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now, <clears throat> the very first thing, the reason why Jesus gives us the golden rule is because we don't want to live that way. We want everything to go our way. Now, let me ask you a question. I just let a, read a list of some pretty heinous acts. For within, back in verse 21, it says, For within, out of the heart of men, 
proceed evil thoughts. Okay, so what what is the context of what uh, Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 7? What is, what is the context here? Is it our thoughts or our actions? The thoughts. What is he saying here? We can commit adultery in our thought life. Can we not? We can commit fornication. We can commit murder and never handle a gun. See, all these things take place in the heart. Theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of this comes from within. That's why Jesus gives us the golden rule because he gives us a standard in which a selfish person can then live their lives. We should actively treat others the way we want to be treated. But it doesn't always work, does it? Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, Christ came to teach us not only what we are to know and believe, but <clears throat> excuse me, what we are to do, not only toward God, but toward men, not only toward those of our party or persuasion, but toward men in general, with all whom we have to do. We must do to our neighbors, which, are, uh, which uh, we ourselves acknowledge to be fit and reasonable. We must, in our dealings with men, suppose ourselves in the same case and circumstance with those we have to do with and act accordingly. So what is Matthew Henry here basically saying? We, as believers, should be the very first ones to do the right thing. No matter what's going on, no matter if it's going to cost me something, we need to do the right thing. Let me give you an example. I, um, <clears throat> I have a policy, and this is just who I am, but if I ever borrow a tool from someone, which I don't have to do very often because I have a lot of tools, <laughs> but if I'm ever in a position where I have to borrow tools, say, say I need a, something from Brian, and because he has a set of tools that I would never have because he's an electrician. So I go to Brian and say, hey, you know, I need a pipe bender. And I borrow his pipe bender, and for somehow, some reason, I, it, 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 I break it. Now, those things are hard to break, but I'd figure a way, I promise you. Okay, I break his pipe bender. You know what, what I will do? And I've done this. I'll go buy a new one, brand new. I had a I had a, a guy a guy one time I, I had to drill four um, uh, bolts into concrete you, you know what I'm talking about and I, I needed a hammer drill and I was away from home so I didn't have my tools and I I went to a friend of mine and said hey I do you have a hammer drill he's like yeah it's really old but I've got one I thought well I've only I only need four holes well about the second hole guess what happened 
That, that thing started smoking. <laughs> so you know what I did? I went and bought a brand new one. No, they're not cheap. <laughs> they're not cheap. Now this guy, this guy went berserko on me, and he 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 gave me the money for it. But that's not the point. The point is, if I borrow something, I'm going to replace it. But that's not our nature, is it? Our nature is to take it back and say, hey, sorry, dude, it broke. It's not my fault. I wasn't mistreating your tool. It's just it was old. No, that's not how it is. We as believers need to be the ones on the forefront of doing the right thing. Because it is not natural. It's not natural. So why the golden rule? Number two, <clears throat> second reason why is people need slash want respect. How many of you here don't care about being respected? I didn't think so. We all want respect, do we not? It's unsaved, saved, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to feel respected. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of any people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. How many of you, I, I have to admit, I have really good neighbors now, okay? I really do. Um, but two years ago, I didn't have a good neighbor. I had a cantankerous old guy that lived next door to me. And I was telling Rick about it. I I did everything to, 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 be a, to be a good neighbor of this guy. I did everything I could. And, and, and he would just snarl at me. You know, I, I got a piece of his mail one day. And it was, a junk, it was junk. Everybody knows what junk mail is. And it was a piece of junk mail. And, I, and I, my first thought, I'm, I'm just throwing it away. I am not knocking on that dude's door. But I thought, no, no, I'm going to do the right thing. So I went over, knocked on his door. I said, hey, sir, how you doing? I said, I got a piece of your mail. Ah, why didn't you just throw it away? Pow! Man. <laughs> but you know what? That guy, when he stands before God one day, he'll never be able to point his finger at me and say, hey, he was not a good neighbor. I didn't like him, but, uh, you know, I just, I tried. But now the couple lives there now. It's just awesome. But anyway, the point is, people want to be respected. We all do. And this command that Jesus gives us in chapter 12 uses the human flaw that we all have of, of selfishness and needing to be important to put an emphasis on God. Because how many of you have bad neighbors? It's not always easy, is it? You have to, you, I had, when I, when that old guy lived next door to me, um, it was everything. I would pray before I would 
have any interaction with him. In fact, when we were doing the roof, a, a piece of plastic from the wrapping of the shingles, the gust of wind blew it right off the roof and into, into, into his old yard. And uh, Rick's like, oh, no, it went in the neighborhood. I said, oh, they don't care. You know, I said, now, if it was the old guy that lived there, he'd be, he'd be calling the police, you know. But, you know, <clears throat> but God uses this to get us dependent on him because not everybody is lovable. Loving the lovable is easy. It's loving the unlovable that's not easy. People universally demand respect, love, and appreciation, whether they deserve it or not. Jesus understood the desire that we have. And in this, in this statement in verse 12, he, he's kind of asking, at least to me, this is kind of what I'm getting, He's kind of asking a couple of questions here. Do you want to be respected? The answer to that is what? Yes. Then respect others. Another question that I kind of got out of this is, do you appreciate or, or even crave nice things being said about you? Absolutely. And say nice things to about to and about other people. You know, one of the things that I I get really nervous when somebody comes to church and the first thing they start doing is bashing their former pastor. I get really nervous. Why? <laughs> No, there's no might be about it. I will be next. Why? Because that that demonstrates to me a complete lack of respect. And if they don't respect their former pastor, chances are very, very slim that they're going to respect me. Is that not true? How many of you are bosses? Okay. How many of you... Yeah, bossy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not bossy. No. But Terry, you're you're a supervisor, a boss. Okay. When you're interviewing somebody for a new position, do you hire somebody who comes in and starts ragging on their former boss? No. <laughs> hey, I appreciate your time. I'll I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll get back to you. Yes. Why? Because if they're trashing their formal, former boss or former employer, what are they going to do to you? Nobody wants to be disrespected. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and, uh, and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And, and as I, I started thinking about this, and I thought, you know, in the, 
the, the, in the context of this verse, the, the last part of this verse, it is more blessed to give than, than to receive. How do we normally think about that? What context do we normally think about that? Okay, giving, giving, giving people money or, you know, seeing somebody who's having a hard time and, you know, helping them out, doing something for them. Isn't that how we normally think about that? Why? Because it, it doesn't it make us feel good inside. But I started thinking about it and I thought, well, wait a minute. It doesn't say that. What about, what about giving respect? That doesn't cost us anything. But it's something we need to give. How about giving love to the unlovable? That I don't know if you recognize this morning, but we had a visitor this morning that um, I want to be kind here, but it was obvious to me that mentally she was she was not all together. And her husband came in and he apologized for her, and I said, "Oh, hey." She's fine. And she just sat there and just, I mean, she co- I mean, she covered world politics to, I mean, and she talked about everything. And I just stood there and listened. Oh, okay. And why? She just needs somebody to love her. Not condemn her. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people that would have said, hey, you know what? You're not welcome here. That's a sad thing. How about, how about we can give honor to people, can we not? It doesn't cost us anything. Appreciation, and I could go on and on and on. See, the golden rule is actually part of the second greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. What is the second greatest commandment? Love others. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If you could... Take the entire Bible and condense it down to four verses. It would be these four verses right here. Love God. Love others. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. He's not saying, hey, do these things so that they will react to what you're doing. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says, do these things and hopefully they'll come around. So, reason number one, Jesus knew our hearts were, were, uh, were, were selfish. Number two, people need or want respect. And then number three, it demonstrates God's love. Because humanly speaking, it is impossible for us to love like that. We can't do it. It is only... God in us that gives us the ability. 
The command to love is the thing that separates Christian ethics from all other religions in the world. Unconditional love. In fact, the Bible, the Bible's advocating love that, that includes the radical command that's not unique to me. I read that somewhere and I thought, wow, that is so true. But these next verses, Jesus gives us a radical command. Not just to love our neighbors, but to love those who hate us. That's radical. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. Ye have heard that it had, that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm telling you, there are Christians, there are, there are let me rephrase that, there are believers, I wouldn't call them Christians, I call them believers, but there are believers that have hatred in their heart toward fellow believers. And they're harboring that bitterness. And God says that is wicked and evil. And we are to love one another. And we are to put away our differences. And we are to love those that hate us. You know, one of the things I absolutely, I learned this from past 